0: Hello from the Mystery School in Los Angeles, it's Michael Benner, your host, and today is Sunday, June 23rd of 2013. Thanks for being with us today, whether live, streaming, or by podcast. We go for about 20 or 25 minutes with this program, the Free Forum, and then about 1.30 this afternoon, Pacific Time, we go to the Premium Training and you'll join us if you're already enrolled, either live or replay by demand or replay on demand. And if not, you can jump over to our website, theagelesswisdom.com. The T-H-E is part of it after the W's, theagelesswisdom.com, to enroll. Just uh, click on webinars and then on premium training And you can use your bank card to register for a single class or a 13-week quarter or a full year for the deepest discount. Our topic for the day today is what we're all about. Today is an introduction to the Ageless Wisdom. And in the premium training, in about 30 minutes, we're going to talk about seven basic principles And we're also going to play a program from our sister site archive, FocusedPassion.com, the series Finding Yourself in Paradise, where my business partner Steve Snyder and I talk about the ageless wisdom, about wisdom in general, and I think you're going to enjoy that as well. So we've got a lot for you today in the next uh, free forum, the next couple of hours including the premium training as well. Now, we're going to touch on these seven basic principles, but here in the free forum, we're going to emphasize two, the most important two principles in the wisdom philosophies. And before we get to that, I'd like to tell you what the ageless wisdom really is because it has a number of names. It is often called the Ageless Wisdom or simply Wisdom or Wisdom Traditions. Sometimes it's called Prisca Theologia, which would be the Latin term for the ancient teachings. These are the spiritual philosophies that predate contemporary religions, that predate the various prophets that have taught would have become religions. Before religion and organized religion, individuals and families had their own sense of spirituality. Often they would share what they had in common with their neighbors, with the tribe, with their community. But until, oh, maybe 6,000 years ago, There really were no religions at all. And humans have been around for about three million years in one form or another. Prisca Theologia means the ancient teachings, but other names for the wisdom include the perennial philosophy. I like that term, frankly. The perennial philosophy is the title of a very famous book written by Aldous Huxley, who you may know is a novelist and screenplay writer. He wrote Brave New World. He wrote a book about his first experience with psychedelic mushrooms in the nineteen fifties or sixties called The Doors of Perception. Well the rock band The Doors took their name from that book. Actually Huxley borrowed the title from a William Blake quotation about the doors of perception, if they were cleansed, things would appear as they are infinite. So the doors of perception was really an idea that the brain is a kind of a filter that limits reality to something that human consciousness can deal with, and that psychedelic drugs like mushrooms, peyote, Other psychoactive drugs like ayahuasca and LSD actually open the filters that the brain has put in place, and then you get a experience that is quite ineffable and difficult to describe, but very similar to religious epiphanies. Many people talk about seeing God in a situation like that. Of course, the problem is you crash, which is why So many people turned to philosophy and meditation in the 60s. Mysticism is another term for these philosophies that stand above religion, and indeed each of the major religions has a mystical philosophy that stands above it or behind it, also known as esoteric philosophy meaning that religion would be exoteric or for the many, while mysticism is esoteric and hidden and for the few. This is why secret societies often form around these esoteric concepts for fear that if they were exposed to the masses they would become religious dogma, fixed and concretized or crystallized and rigid inflexible and basically die institutionalized would be another way of describing that fear. That's one of the primary reasons for secret societies or mystery schools sometimes called invisible colleges down through the ages so What are some of these traditions? Well, in Christianity, it's probably best known as Rosicrucianism. We think of two societies in the United States that identify themselves as Rosicrucian, one in Oceanside, California, one in San Jose, California, the AMORC, the ancient and mystical order of the Rosy Cross. However, I must tell you, Rosicrucians are not really about an organization that is of this world. It's really nothing that you join. You cannot be a member. It's something you become as a result of study, meditation, mindfulness, and what sometimes is referred to as a quality of enlightenment, where you rather understand reality in a very elevated and expanded way. Jewish mysticism is found in the Kabbalah. The mysticism of Islam are the Sufis, and they have various traditions, including the Medlabi tradition, which was started by Rumi, very well-known Persian poet from, oh, I think the 13th or 14th century. Those would correspond to the three Western monotheistic religions, the mystical traditions of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, Rosicrucian, Kabbalah, and Sufism. In the East, we have most notably Buddhism, which is really not a religion, although many people practice it that way. But Buddha himself never referred to God, and the idea of Buddhist consciousness in many ways, is more akin to a soul sharing the ground, as Plato might say, of the one life or of what people call God. But not God as a separated being living remotely, but more of a magnetic force field that is everywhere, undiminished and unaffected by its creation, its manifestation in the material world in other words in Buddhism or Eastern philosophy in general God is not a separated form that created separated forms but the material world of separated forms is a current living manifestation of the transcendent nature of divinity so everything is in the one and the one is in the everything We're going to talk about that as one of the primary principles and distinguish panentheism from pantheism in just a few minutes. So we have Buddhism, which in and of itself is an esoteric or mystical philosophy, not a religion. Taoism is a Chinese version that comes out of the teachings of Lao Tzu and a whole lineage of sages for even the name Lao Tzu, generally translated, is the sage. And so there may have been many Lao Tzus, if you will. We also have Vedantism, which is thought of often as Hinduism, but it's really more than Hinduism. Again, it's a philosophy that transcends the rituals and the ceremonies of Hinduism, or what used to be called Brahmanism. And then there's shamanism, practiced by the indigenous tribal people of the world on every continent in very ancient times, and probably Hermeticism. I didn't put that in the newsletter, but ancient Egyptian philosophy based on the teachings of Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus, in many ways that would have to be considered an alchemical and mystical philosophy as well. So, esoteric philosophy, mysticism, the perennial philosophy, Prisca Theologia, the ageless wisdom, these are all ways of referring to our topic for the day today. We just, of course, call it the Ageless Wisdom, and our website is theagelesswisdom.com well again I'm going to talk about seven key principles in the premium training because our time here in the free forum is limited I thought I'd talk about two of the most important overarching concepts in mysticism concepts that really do separate it from religion and yet I'd like to point out that mysticism does not prove religion wrong or contradict religion. In fact, it rather harmonizes what might appear to be religion's differences. In many ways, it is an overarching umbrella-type concept, and awareness or understanding, a level of consciousness, that really unifies religion by simply adding to what religion knows. And it does alter the perspective, especially for those who have a very literal or fundamentalist interpretation of religion. You'll notice it's the so-called conservatives or fundamentalists in each religion that are most exclusive and the least likely to get along, or to honor and respect the religious traditions of other people. The more liberal or progressive, if you will, your approach to spiritual philosophy, uh, the more moderate or the more progressive you become, the better educated, really, the more likely you are to see religious teachings and traditions in a metaphorical and therefore more flexible fashion, and you begin to see many paths to a single mountain. In fact, this is an ancient wisdom teaching, one mountain, many paths. So, I'm sure a fundamentalist Muslim, for example, would insist that God's name is Allah, and others would say, oh, no, God's name is the Great Spirit, or God's name is God, or it's blasphemous to even name God. But again, what, what difference does it really make if what you're talking about is the source of life, the creative force or energy behind all things? If indeed you believe there is such a thing, if you're not sure, then you're agnostic, and if you're certain that the universe is chaotic and <laughs> exists unto itself in a most disorganized fashion, then you're probably ready to call yourself or have been calling yourself a theist, a non theist, or a non believer. I think many atheists and agnostics would be mystics if they knew they had the option but they believe, like many people in many situations, that two choices covers all the bases. So if they're not a conservative or fundamentalist member of a particular religion, and that doesn't fit for them, then they just must be a non-believer or an atheist or at least agnostic. The idea that there may be Spiritual philosophies that stand above, I don't want to say apart from religion, but stand above religion, many people just do not understand. So of the seven key philosophies of the ageless wisdom traditions that we're going to discuss today in the premium training, let me tell you the two most important. One I've already referred to as penentheism. That's P A N, P like Paul or Peter, P A N, E N, and the word theism, T H E I S M. Pantheism, first of all, is basically paganism. This is the philosophy that nature is the primary representation of divinity, that God is in all things, that God is manifesting currently or expressing itself, not as a man-shaped being living in a remote place, but as every life form that exists on this planet, and it seems the universe is teeming with life now as we know more about it. We'll know soon enough, I think, whether that's true or not. But that's certainly the prevailing hypothesis now, that it's not a matter of is there life elsewhere. We can't seem to find any place on this planet, for example, where there is no life. In the deepest corners of the ocean, near scalding volcanic vents, where there's absolutely no light and unbelievably high, heat, we find life. In the deepest mine shafts and caves where there is no oxygen and no light, we find life. Coring deep into the ice in the Antarctic, and the Arctic, what's left of the Arctic ice, we find miles down bacteria living. And we just can't seem to find any place on this planet where there is not life at some level, at least microbial life. Now, we haven't really found it on the moon or on Mars, but on Mars we have found water, which is a pretty good indication that life exists, and uh, at least the potential for it to exist, for we do know that life on this Earth came out of the oceans. And yet The idea of pantheism, especially when the Christian church formed a couple of hundred years after the death, crucifixion of Jesus the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, it set about uh, opposing this pagan or pantheistic idea, pantheism, because it just wasn't regal enough. It wasn't royal enough. This means that God is the snail and the slug and the cockroach. Yes, God is the eagle and the wolf and the elephant and the whale and the human being but also trees and flowers and dirt and rocks and sky, atmosphere and clouds and and water and all things that exist. Stars and asteroids and intergalactic dust. The idea that Einstein really put into a formula in the 20th century that energy equals mass, that the whole material world matter, mater means mother is a polarity to a world of energy or the father aspect. So energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. But energy equals mass, Einstein said you've only got two forms of the same thing, and of course energy cannot be created nor destroyed, and yet mass is absolutely impermanent. That's another one of the principles we're going to talk about this afternoon, impermanence. So energy has to be primary to mass, because energy cannot be created nor destroyed, and the material world is impermanent, it's it's always in decay, nothing lasts. So, the material world, even to an empiricist, a hardcore science guy, is a reflection, a manifestation, or an outpicturing of a world of energy. Well, it's a short step then from calling it energy equals mass to spirit equals matter. And so, The whole idea of pantheism, that God is in all things and that everything is sacred, may not be regal enough for the church, but panentheism, now you add a second syllable, an EN, so it's P-A-N-E-N-theism. Panentheism says, well, pantheism is only half the story, that the one life, God, if you will, is in every seemingly separated thing. But in panentheism there's another side to the coin which is that all of those separated things are contained by, embraced by, and within the one life. And more. So that God is the creation and more. So the one God is in everything, and everything is in the one life. That's panentheism. So so God, or divinity, then, is this everywhere equally present magnetic force field, right? Standing behind the material universe. So this is the first of the wisdom principles that unite all of these philosophies from around the world. And the other is the idea of the overshadowing soul, Uh, The Catholic Church and the Protestants, when they broke away in the Reformation, took with them the idea formed by Constantine's bishops in the 4th century, but the founders of the Church did not believe this. It appears early Christians believed in the pre-existence of the soul as taught by Christ and also transmigration, or what you might call reincarnation. Also, as taught by Christ, but those books have been left out. Later discovered as the Gnostic Gospels, but even today they're being ignored, basically because most biblical scholars don't really understand them. But the idea of the oversoul is that human souls, and indeed the souls of all things animals and trees and plants and even rocks, have souls or an energy body from which they proceed exist above and free of form before they come into incarnation that everything has a soul that it has existed since the beginning since the creation and that it comes into form it extends itself into physical form and then upon death abstracts itself pulls itself back but that would mean your soul is already in heaven that your soul is in heaven now, and you ought to be able to contact your soul through reflection, meditation, prayer, mindfulness. And so those are the key principles we're going to talk about today. I hope you can join us. It's a pocket full of change. Register at theagelesswisdom.com, the W's dot the Ageless wisdom. Dot com, The thank you page and an email that follows both will have the URL and the passwords you need to join us in just four minutes now on another website. And uh, you can also listen to the replay on demand if you'd like. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Join us next week. We're here every Sunday. Soon, on July 21st, we'll be moving forward three hours to 17 hours universal. That'll mean... 10 a.m. Sunday morning for the Free Forum and 10.30 Pacific for the premium training. That'll be 1 o'clock Eastern and 1.30 Eastern for the premium training. That's coming up July 21st when we begin our new public seminar in La Crescenta, California. If you're in Southern California, watch your newsletter for information on that. Thanks a ton. Have a wonderful day. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.